Blog Talk Radio. Think Marriage is a ministry of inquiry for today and is hosted by Beth and Mark Tinsley. Weekly episodes present marriage-related topics using a combination of radio broadcasts and audio podcasts. Beth and Mark realize that they are an imperfect couple in an imperfect marriage in an imperfect world. However, they firmly believe that they serve a perfect God and they want to share with you some of the life lessons and wisdom that He has shown them. If you'd like to learn more about Think Marriage, go to www.inquiryfortoday.com forward slash Think Marriage. That's www.inquiry, the number four, today.com forward slash Think Marriage. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, welcome to Think Marriage, a weekly radio broadcast podcast dedicated to helping couples grow in their love for, grace toward, and patience with one another. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Tinsley, and I'm joined on our show by my co-host and wife, Beth Tinsley. Hello, everybody. We're glad to be back with you this week to talk again about marriage. And on today's episode, we're going to start talking about the T in the Think Marriage Think acronym. And if you joined us last week, you know that T stands for time. But we don't want to tackle the issue of time in its entirety. If you remember, we talked about time um, with God, apart from each other with God, time um, together as a couple, and time with other couples and other people who will encourage us in our faith and in our marriage. So that's a lot to talk about. So we wanted to kind of break that down because a lot of times if you if you just rush through things, you don't really soak it in and meditate on it and allow it to change you. So we want to just focus um, this week on the time that we spend apart from our spouse with God, the time that we commune with him, we're in his presence, we're learning his word, we're praying and just recentering ourselves for life with our spouse and quite frankly, with everyone else that we come into contact with. Now, you'll remember last week we said Think Marriage is a call-in radio show, so we want to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, give us a call. The call-in number is 917-889-3042. That's 917-889-3042. Give us a call right now. Uh, We'll take calls in a few minutes. Well, let's get started. And we thought a good way to get started today would be with God's Word. And so I want to look at Matthew chapter 6 briefly. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And then when we go to Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Spending time with God is so very important. We've got a great object lesson of this with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he went to pray to the Father, 
you know, he took three of his disciples with him, but he, he didn't even take them all the way to his prayer point. He sat them to the side, told them to wait here, not to fall asleep, but to wait here. And he went a little further and spent time alone with God. We need to model that in our lives. We need to be people who are not just spending time with other people, spending time by ourselves, spending time with our spouse, but, but first and foremost, spending time with God, getting to know God better, becoming in uh, communing with God, becoming a friend of our Lord. That's step number one. And, you know, I've thought so many times in that verse where when the Bible tells us that Jesus withdrew and prayed. And, and I thought so many times, you know, if Jesus was fully human, but also fully God, and he needed to spend time with the Father, I mean, how much more do we need to spend time with the Father as just fallen humans? You know, he was God himself, and he still needed, as a, as a human, come in human form, he still needed time with his Heavenly Father. And we need that so much more. And, you know, Jesus provides so many object lessons to us throughout Scripture. When we see Jesus doing something, that's probably a pretty good indicator mm. that we need to be doing the same thing. And, mm. and, and the fact that he did withdraw and spend time alone with the Father. And, you know, we see that in, in other narratives in the Scripture, too, where Jesus goes to be alone. He wants to get away sometimes so that he can recenter himself and focus on what's most important, and that is his relationship with God the Father. Okay. So, you know, we hear that we need to spend time with God, but why? What, what are the, the reasons? Why is spending time with God so important? Well, first, it enhances our relationship with God. You know, all relationships require time together. If in your relationship with your spouse, it requires you spend time together to deepen and develop that relationship. If you've met a new friend and you want to deepen your relationship, you need to spend time together. You need to go out together and do things. You need to spend time talking and sharing what's on your heart. Um, time together will enhance any relationship. And it's like that with God. If we are never with him, we will not grow in our relationship with him. We will stay stagnant or we will actually go backwards. So if we want to keep growing in our walk with the Lord, we have to spend time with him every day. And time with God, it centers us spiritually. When we're with him, it reminds us that he is God and that he is in control. We can rest in him. You know, so many times, if we're not spending time with God, we're just running on our own strength and our own energy. And that doesn't get us very far. That will exhaust itself really quickly. If we're not replenishing ourselves with God's presence and with his word and with who he is. So then we're more prone to be impatient and unloving towards our spouse, um, using hurtful words and, and, you know, all the, the list could go on and on. Uh, spending time with God helps us grow not only spiritually, but emotionally and mentally. It makes us stronger in every area of our life. It's going to affect every single area of our life. And it increases our resiliency, our ability to handle the things that life throws at us. And there's not one person in this world who does not have life throwing things at them in one form or another, great or small. Um, we are all hit with uh, stresses and difficulties and trials and tribulations. But I love how 2 Timothy 4.17 says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. That's such a beautiful picture that the Lord is with us and he gives us the strength. When we spend time with him, he gives us the strength that we need to face the difficulties, no matter how big or how small they are. And that's just a supernatural gift that he gives to us because of who he is. 
I love that verse too, because it just so, uh, the Lord stood at my side, you know, stood strongly. The implication Mm -hmm. is stood there for me, was there with me, even my times of trial and tribulation and difficulty to give me strength. It reminds me, and it's almost cliche to say this, but it almost, it reminds me of that old uh, footprints poem, you know, Mm -hmm. where the guy says, sees the two footprints and then in the sand when Jesus is walking with him, then he starts going through a tough time in his life and he only sees one set of footprints and he, he calls out to God, to Christ, to Jesus, why in my most difficult time did you leave me? And that's when Jesus responds in the poem. Well, it was during that time that I carried you. Mm-hmm. And I think about that so much truth in second Timothy four seventeen. That's what it's saying. You know, that mm-hmm. God is there with us in our difficult times. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I love that too. Um, it, you know, in our, in our time with him, spending time with him, it, it definitely helps to keep our life in focus and well prioritized. I think that's one of the hardest things for us as humans is that everything is fighting for our attention. Everything is fighting to be number one in our life. Everything is calling to us. Choose me, choose me, choose me. When we spend time with God, he keeps our hearts in the right place and keeps our priorities in the right place. Like Mark had read at the beginning, Matthew six thirty three. Uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. We need to seek him first. And when we do that, he promises to bring all the rest of it together and work it out for good. So it just helps us to, to keep him in his proper place and trusting the rest of the things to him. And our time with him is such a source, can be such a source of joy and peace and grace in our lives. Um, Isaiah 26, 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When we spend time with the Lord and our minds are fixed on him and we keep that with us throughout the day and we continue to keep our minds stayed on him, he gives us that perfect peace. The Bible talks about the peace that passes all understanding, that even when things are rocky and crazy, that our minds can be in perfect peace. And that will only come if we're spending time with him. It's not just going to come haphazardly or by chance. We have to be intentional about making that happen by being with him. And then in Psalm 94, 19, it says, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. And like we talked about earlier, there's so many burdens in our world, so many burdens in our marriages, our families, friendships, relationships, jobs, anything. And, and it can really burden and weigh our hearts down. But this verse says his consolations, his presence, his comfort can give us joy. And again, we, we can't understand it. And it doesn't like how can we be joyful when all these things are going on? But it's such an inner peace and joy that comes again, from knowing who he is and that he's in control and that we can rest in him, that we can have that joy and that peace, even when things are difficult. And I think it, in our marriage, I mean, I know for me and my part in our marriage, that when I'm not close to the Lord, when I'm not spending time with him, I don't have the joy that I could have. I don't have the peace that I could have. I don't experience the grace that I could experience. And therefore, it affects our our relationship. I know sometimes that we've had rough times in our marriage. It's most often, you know, when one or both of us are in a time where we've pulled away from God in one way, shape, or form. Maybe, you know, obviously not a, a full pulling away or a turning our back on God, but just 
as you said earlier, you, 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 life gets busy, things ha- start to happen, and you just you start to to move away from the center line. And yeah, I've experienced those periods mm-hmm. and, and know what it's like to to have a poor relationship with God. Right. Yeah, me too. And and it's because you know we're running on our own strength and our own natural way of thinking, which is not God's way. You know, His is supernatural. So we're relying on our own thoughts and our own ideas, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> right. Relying on worldly wisdom and strength as opposed to godly wisdom. Right. And divine strength, mm-hmm. which the former gets us only so far, and the latter can take us to eternity. Right. Yeah. So, folks, you know, it, I don't think many people would disagree that spending time with God is important. I mean, we, I think it's important that we talk about that to, as we as we go through this show. But I, I doubt that if we had any callers call in, anybody would say, you know, I don't think spending time with God is important unless that person were not a believer or an atheist or something. I think most people of faith would say absolutely. But the real question is, how do we spend time with God? What do we do to draw close to God? You know, James tells us, draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. But how, how do we do that? Well, I developed a paradigm some years ago in the army chaplaincy called triangle faith, triangle faith. You picture in your mind's eye right now, what a triangle looks like. A triangle has three points. And so triangle faith has three points or three items, three important things that we have to think about. And one of those is Bible study. So how do we spend time with God? One way in triangle faith is through Bible study. We've got to read God's word. You know, God's word's been revealed to us. God has revealed to us 66 inspired books of the Bible with so much truth and wisdom that we can't even take it all in in a lifetime. So we need to be in there. We can't take it all in. We'll never understand it completely, but we can let it get inside of us and start working on us and reconstructing us from the inside out. But we have to read it to do that. We have to meditate on his word in order to do that. We have to memorize his word in order to do that. We've got to devote our lives to listening to the inspired, revealed word of God. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is living and active. Listen to that. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Listen to that. The Word of God digs deep. I mean, it gets down into the middle of us, to the marrow of our bones. How much deeper into the human body can you go than the marrow of the bones? I mean, the Word of God gets inside of us when we let it. And it gets in there and it does work because writer of Hebrews says it's living. It's not dead. It's alive. And it is not dormant. It's active. It's in there moving around doing its work. And so as we get into God's word, we're going to hear God, but we're not going to hear God. We're going to experience God. We're going to, the Holy Spirit's going to take that word and just multiply its effects inside of us. And I love how he, um, because it's living, because it's word of the word of God is living and active. He, we can read one passage one time and God will show us something about it. And then another time in our lives, we'll read it again and he'll show us something completely different or more or reveal something else. And that's just, that's so how he works because it's alive and it's changing and he's meeting our needs that the needs that we have at that moment. And he's giving us the grace we need at that moment. And that's, I just think that's so amazing about his word. Yeah. And it, it is. I mean, he just, he gives us what we need when we need it in the amount we need it. And no more, no less. 
Mm-hmm. And if we're open to him and we're hearing, we're hearing from him. But, you know, it's just not a good idea to get into God's word because it's living and active and sharp and gets down into us. It's an expectation. You'll remember when we end the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, Moses is, is done. Moses is dead. Moses has died. Uh, there's a, we just preached on it this past Sunday, but there's a great accolade to, to, to Moses in Deuteronomy 34 verses 10 through 12. I mean, you know, it says no prophet has been in Israel like Moses. I mean, he was just given the, the top uh, credit by God. But then we get into Joshua, the next book in the Old Testament, and it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And Joshua now has to take over uh, being in charge of the Israelites, which must have been a pretty daunting thing. You know, suddenly you go from the second in command or an underling, a, a subordinate, to suddenly the main act. And I'm sure Joshua was scared. And we hear in that verse, you know, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But nestled right in that whole passage of Joshua chapter one is Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Listen to these words. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do you hear that, folks? Now, God's word at, at that time, when these words were spoken in Joshua 1, of course, we didn't have the New Testament at that time, but the word of God was still with the people of Israel. And just as the word of God is with us today, in and, and the book of the law, right? That, that's what the, they had the written form of that or the stone tablet form of that. And here it is. God is saying, don't let this depart from your mouth. In fact, meditate on it. Make it a part of who you are. Day and night, that means consistently, constantly be thinking about the Word of God. And then not only that, but be careful to do what it says to do. So know it, do it, and then look at the promise. And He will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And that good success, folks, He doesn't put a qualifier on that. That's success in life. And that includes our marriages. If we want to have successful, prosperous marriages, then we've got to let the book of the law, the word of God, which includes now the 66 books that we have in our scripture, we've got to let that get inside of us. We've got to know it. We've got to do it. We've got to believe it. It's got to be a part of who we are. And if it is, if Christ is the head of our family, if he's the head of our marriage, then we'll be prosperous and we'll find good success. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I love how, you know, he, God is so good all the time and everything he commands us to do is for our good. So when he tell, commands us to meditate on his law, it's not just him being a tyrant saying, I want you to do this. It's because he knows that we need it and it's going to be for our good and the good of our relationships. So because we can trust in that, it should be something that we want, we need to be a part of our lives. So, folks, there it is. I mean, if we want to spend time with God, how do we spend time with God? Well, one way is Bible study. We've got to get in there. Again, it's the Word of God revealed, written down, put in binders, and, and, and you can buy it at any. It's, you know, it's the most well-published and sold book in the history of mankind is the Bible. Um, you can find it anywhere. You can find it in gas stations and bookstores, uh, hotel drawers, you know, wherever you can find the word of God everywhere. So there's no excuse for us not to get it. You can even find it on your phone in the 21st century. That's right. You can find it on your phone <laughs> or on the internet. Um, so, but I want to, 
I plugged this resource last week. I'll plug it again. I mean, we're, uh, Think Marriage is a ministry of a larger umbrella ministry called Inquiry for Today. And if you go to www.inquiryfortoday.com, www.inquiry, the number four, today.com, you're going to find a host of resources there that can be helpful in your journey of spending time with God. Now, nothing can can replace the Bible itself. But on that website, you're going to find blogs that are uh, faith-based and lots of scripture talked about there. You're going to find podcasts. You're going to find these podcasts there. Um, You're going to find links to a talk show that we do called Clean Slate and other resources that will be very helpful to you in your walk of faith. And so I would encourage you to go to www.inquiryfortoday.com and check out what we have there. So Bible study, how do we spend time with God? Bible study. Secondly, the second point in triangle faith is prayer. Our one-on-one time with God every day where we talk to God. You know, it's interesting that really uh, in, in many ways, uh, reading scripture, Bible study is somewhat of a one-way conversation. Now I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't converse with us as we read God's word, but we're reading the word we're kind of taking in, but prayer we're not only talking to God, but through prayer, as we see David talk about in the Psalms, we also hear God's voice. It's the two-way conversation that we have with God. And it's amazing how many of us don't pray on a consistent, regular basis. There's one thing I hear as a pastor more than anything else is people will say, well, I, yeah, I'm reading my Bible pretty well. And yeah, I'm coming to church and I'm going in fellowship with, with folks and I'm, I'm being a part of what's going on. But man, I'm having a hard time finding time to pray. But folks, out of all three of these things that I'm going to talk about, think of how awesome prayer is. I mean, it's an opportunity to talk to God, to hear God, to have a conversation with God through the power of the Holy Spirit and the influence of the Holy Spirit, and yet how often we don't take part in it. Listen to James 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? He writes, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Folks, what James is saying there is that whether we're suffering or we're cheerful, whether we're happy or whether we're sad, it's a time to communicate with God, to tell God about it, to pray out to God, to cry out to God with our burdens, and to to sing out to God with our praises. It's our time to talk to him, and it's it's a part of vibrant faith. You can't be a vibrant faith warrior without prayer. Think about David. What if David never prayed? Would we have the same, uh, would we hold him in such high regard? Probably not, because it's the, it's the beautiful Psalms, his prayers to God, his, sing, his praises and his burdens to God that so define who he is. If, if we didn't have the Psalms and David's words there, David would just be a, probably a minor character in the Bible in many ways. But it's because he's so filled out. We know so much about him because we hear his heart. God wants to hear our hearts through prayer. That's a big part of what God wants to do in his relationship with us. Mm-hmm. And I think just the synergy when you combine Bible study and prayer together, when you've read God word, God's word and you've asked the Holy Spirit to just illuminate what he wants you to hear and see, and then you follow that right up with praying about that and bringing your burdens to him, and, and then he, he just uses the combination of both of those things to really meet us where we are and to convict us of sin or show us a direction he wants to go. So when we're combining those together, it just has such a powerful effect in our lives. Absolutely. 
And Paul comes back in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. He says something very similar to James. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In other words, pray in your good times and your bad times. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God wants this for you, folks. Prayer isn't just something God says, well, here's a tool if you want to use it or not. The expectation is we're going to use it because it's the will of God for our lives. God wants to communicate with us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to communicate back to us through prayer. He wants to have that conversation with us. And so if we want to have a vibrant uh, relationship with our Lord and Savior, then we have to be praying and communicating back and forth with him. Beth said in the beginning, we were talking about why spending time with God is important. She said, the first thing she said was, if you want to build a relationship with anybody, you've got to spend time with them. Well, folks, if I want to build a relationship with somebody, if I'm spending time with somebody, I want to build a relationship with them, then I have to talk to them. We don't sit in a room and uh, with our backs turned to our, to uh, our friends and family and, and people we want to get to know and never say anything. What do we do? We turn, we face them, we talk, we carry on conversations. We ask each other questions uh, we laugh, we, we sing together, we, we go out to movies and, and do dinners together. We talk, we get to know. And this is our opportunity through prayer to do that. So how do we spend time with God? Bible study, reading, meditating, memorizing God's word. Two, prayer, one-on-one conversation with God. And then thirdly, third point in triangle faith is fellowship with other believers. God has given us the church, the body of Christ. We're not individuals in this world. I mean, some people think of that way. If you, if you buy into Western philosophy, sometimes you can get to be a very individualistic thinker. But uh, the body of Christ theology in the New Testament does not lend itself to individuality. It says that we're all part of the body. We're not all the body. We're all part of the body, each one of us, and we have a particular role in that body. And we're supposed to come together to fill out each other's weaknesses so that as the entire body, the church, we can do the work that God's called us to do. I don't have all the strengths that I need to do the work, the kingdom work of God. Beth doesn't have all the strengths. She needs to do the kingdom work of God. But as we come together as a couple, as we come together with other believers in fellowship, then we're able to fill in each other's weaknesses, capitalize on each other's strengths, and become the strong body of Christ that he's created us to be. And I think, you know, it's so important to fellowship with people who are, who are willing to speak truth into your life and into specifically into your marriage as a couple, you know, you want people who are like-minded, who are also seeking the Lord and who will be willing, you know, the iron sharpens iron, the Bible says, and we want people, we want to fellowship with people who are willing to say, um, maybe call us out on something that we need to con- to repent of or point out something in our lives that needs addressing, um, encourage us in our weaknesses. And so it's so, so important to find those people so that we can grow closer to the Lord and grow closer to our spouse. Yeah, that's a great point. Like-minded believers as well, because sometimes we'll find folks uh, purportedly within the church who don't see life the way we do, or maybe aren't following biblical principles uh, are wayward in some way. And we want to make sure that, we'll, that you know, we're drawing close. We want to draw close to those people too and help and mentor them. But we need to be, to fill ourselves, we need to be fellowshipping with people that think like us as well. So how do we do that? What's fellowship look like? Well, certainly church service on Sunday is one way to do that. But there's lots of other ways 
to fellowship with like-minded believers. Think about it, Bible studies that you might do on Sundays or other days of the week, Sunday school classes, small groups that may meet in the homes. Maybe you have a mentor or you are a mentor with someone else. That's a great way to be an accountability, uh, excuse me, uh, in fellowship with other people, as is accountability. Uh, having an accountability partner, somebody that challenges you to to live your life out by Christian principles, and you do the same for that person. Um, maybe just meeting with somebody for coffee or lunch, just to chat and fellowship in the name of the Lord. And that's the key, whatever we do, it's that we do it in the name of the Lord. A lot of people call fellowship, I'm going to go down and I'm going to have lunch with my buddy, but we don't talk anything about the Lord. Well, that's not technically fellowship, that's technically lunch, right? <laughs> it's when we come together over whatever uh, communion we're having with one another. And we not only do something together, but we talk about God. How does this apply to our life? How can I be stronger? How can I strengthen you? What can I, we do together to strengthen one another? Because when we get to First Thessalonians 5, verse 11, Paul said, encourage one. He's, he's talking to believers, right? He's talking to the church at Thessalonica. Encourage one another and build each other up. That's a command, folks. Encourage one another and build each other up. And Hebrews, writer of Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 25 said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit of endear, of, are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. In other words, folks, don't get lazy and stop meeting with one another. Get together with one another, fellowship with one another, because it's through fellowship in both of these verses, First Thessalonians 5.11 and Hebrews 10.25. What's the, what's the operative word? What's going to happen? Encouragement. That's what we're there to do, to encourage one another and build each other up. So we, we see why spending time with God is so important from what we've talked about. It's so vital to a growing walk with him and to keeping our marriage relationship strong and vibrant. But, there, you know, there's so many obstacles that can get in the way of our time with God if we allow them. I mean, we'll just run through these, but, um, you know, our work, our career, our job, whatever it is, can really could get in the way. We are waking up in the morning, getting ready, leaving, going to work, um, getting home late, getting dinner ready, all that stuff. Even if you don't work outside the home, um, you know, I, my job is inside the home, homeschooling our five children. And so my day starts bright and early. 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. I get up and I might be ready going to do my quiet time and my two youngest ones wake up five minutes later and it's done, you know, so I have to be very creative about how then I fit that in during my day, but it's really hard no matter where you work. It can be hard. And that's a big draw. I mean, work is a big draw, especially, I think, and I'm not, please, no one, no listener take this the wrong way, please. But I think especially for men so often uh, and women as well, of certain personalities, but men, especially uh, work can become that which mm-hmm. fulfills us. And so we have a little bit of success at work and we, we get a few accolades and then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to do more of this to get more accolades or have more success or more achievement. And suddenly it's work. That's the idol work has become what the person's all about. Right. Yeah, that's right. Very attractive force. Mm-hmm. Um, some other obstacles are our hobbies uh, things that distract us. You know, we, Oh, we want to go out. Let's go out and play a sport or get together with friends and let's go on this trip or let's do whatever. So, you know, hobbies can definitely be a, um, an obstacle. 
I think a big obstacle in our generation is technology. Um, there's so much technology out there. It's around us all the time. We're surrounded by it. And of course the internet and TV are the biggest culprits. Um, they, they are, they draw us so much and they're, they've been shown to be addictive. So it's like your mind is saying you want more and more of it. So it's so hard to turn off the TV, just maybe one more show, or I'm just going to scroll through one more website. I'm just going to do one more search before you know it, you've wasted tons of time on the internet or uh, on TV but haven't had your time with the Lord. It's a big draw. And, you know, it, I think it's, we have to say at this point that technology in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's a tool. I mean, you're listening to us right now <laughs> through the Internet, through technology. Um, but it's when we become obsessed by it or when it starts to control us. Like Beth was saying, the cert, one search leads to 150 searches. Mm-hmm. One television show, show leads to the entire series in right. one sitting. That's when the problem occurs. Right. Yep. And, you know, I've said to myself so many times, you know, if I have time to sit down and read this book, if I have time to, you know, whatever it might be, watch the TV show or do this, then I have time to spend with God. It's just, how am I going to choose it? Um, what am I going to choose? The, just the day-to-day duties of the home, um, the housework, the home projects, the things that always have to be fixed. Um, and, going along with that, our family, um, our children, the, their activities, their schooling, whatever it might be, um, just all the, just wanting to spend time with them and to grow our relationships with them. Sometimes that can be obstacles of, of feeling pulled in so many directions. Um, and also another obstacle today is there's such in our culture, a desire for entertainment. We're constantly surrounded by noise, constantly surrounded by um, just the noise of the world, of people, of um, the TV, of music. Um, just it's, it's everywhere. And like we said before, none of those things in and of themselves are bad. But when we can't pull away from those things to spend time with the Lord, they become an obstacle. Because God is going to draw us very quietly. He's not, we're not going to hear him over that stuff unless we consciously make a choice to listen for him and to set him higher. So it's like what we talked about before. We have to choose to seek him first and his kingdom first. And we have to choose to say no to even good things so that we can say yes to him first. And then we can enjoy and do all the other things. But we have to be very intentional about making that choice or it will get pushed aside. I mean, our time with God, I've heard so many people say our time with God is the first thing to go. When we're busy, we feel like we don't have time for it. But actually, that's what I've heard people say this before. It's when we need it the most. We need to be centered on him, especially in the busy times, because we need him directing everything that we do. And, you know, if you're a listener in the Western developed world, you know that our ease of life compared to folks, other folks around the world can lead us away from God because things are so easy, because technology is at our fingertips, because entertainment and, and the, the money to to, uh, to partake of entertainment is readily at our fingertips. Um, we're just blessed with so much in the Western world that it's easy to be distracted and to let that become an obstacle. And suddenly our relationships are all temporal and are with things and experiences and not with the one who created the things and the experiences God. Mm-hmm. So folks, um, we don't have any callers right now, so we'll just forego taking any calls at this time. I do want to remind you, though, that 
On this show, we are a call-in show. If you ever want to call in and talk to us, the number is 917-889-3042. And if you want to call in now, you can. But 917-889-3042. But just to recap for a, a, a quick moment, you know, we have to spend time, time, T, in the think paradigm. T is so important, but that T has several avenues, several uh, uh, uh things in it. And one of them is time alone with God. Uh, We have to spend that time alone with God. And it's important because it builds that relationship. It gets us focused and prioritized. It brings us joy and peace and grace and all the things that we talked about. And the way we do that is through triangle faith. We spend time with God through our Bible study, through our prayer, and through our fellowship with other believers. That's how we spend time with God. But remember, as Beth and I just just went through. There are going to be a lot of obstacles to spending time with God. Satan is in there. He's in the equation and he's going to try to draw you away. The last thing he wants is for you to spend quality time with God. So if he can put obstacles in your way to thwart God's efforts to draw you close, uh, then he's going to do that. And you know those things include work and hobbies and technology and home duties, friends, family, entertainment, whatever the noise is. Those things are out there, and Satan's going to get between you and God if you let him. And we would really encourage you to to really commit to spending time with God. Um, you will see such a dramatic impact on yourself and on your marriage and your family and your relationships. So if you are spending time with God, continue to do it. Grow in it. Just continue to, to seek him. And if you're not, you know, we would encourage you to start. Start that practice, and um, we can guarantee you because God is so faithful and true and so true to what he promises that he will be there. He will show up. He will work in you and in your marriage and work in your heart, and you will see results as you draw closer to him. So I encourage you to start that practice and to choose him over other things first. And it doesn't matter where you start in the Bible, folks. Uh, start reading your Bibles now. Get, get a daily prayer time where you spend time with God and find ways to fellowship with other believers. And you say, well, I don't know where to start in the Bible. You, you know, anywhere. Uh, you can start in Genesis. You can start in Revelation. I would encourage you, if you're new to the Bible, to start in the Gospel of John. John's going to introduce you and give you a veritable biography to Jesus Christ. And so start with the Gospel of John. But you know what, folks? If you go on the Internet and Google Uh, Bible studies or devotionals, you're going to find um, uh, scripture reading plans galore. They're all over the internet. uh, And I would encourage you just to start with one of those uh, and and read your Bible each and every day. Meditate on God's word and each and every day pray to God and each and every day find a way to fellowship with somebody of like-minded faith. And you're going to find over time, folks, as you do this, that God will slowly but perceptively change your attitudes, your perspectives, your love for others, your grace towards others and yourself, uh, and just your, your entire outlook on life. Mm-hmm. And open your heart and your mind to what he has to say. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's really, we're, we're drawn to the end of our time today. And uh, so I hope you've enjoyed our, our episode here on divine time, spending time with God, a cornerstone of a successful marriage. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about together time. Now, this is where we're going to talk about time together with your spouse. So that's going to be a fun episode, and we'll give you some tools and some ways to spend time with your spouse, some ideas maybe, some primers for your own relationship. 
But that episode will be the same time next week, uh, which is Friday, March 29th at 3 p.m. Eastern, right here. Uh, we'll send out uh, some stuff on Facebook and on our website uh, detailing the links you need to go to to join us. But we hope that you'll be a part of our episode next week as we continue looking at the T in the Think Marriage Paradigm, which is time. It was great being with you all this week, and we really look forward to getting together next week to discuss things further. We will see you next Friday, March 29th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Have a great week.